Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Totally offensive. I'm Garrick Dieter, a co-host, Anthony Sherman, Marco in the back. We're feeling good. Week two, Sherm, how was the feedback for week one? Uh, I, I think pretty good. I mean, I did listen to the episode. I thought we, we sounded pretty good, pretty uh, fluid for our first our first time. Yeah. we. Uh, I, I asked Nate and Steven to listen to it, give us some uh, be hard on us. We don't like... Uh, we don't like pats on the back. We need a little. We need a little. Just give us what we need to work on. It's not. I think yeah, we're, we're coachable. Yeah, we're very coachable. very coachable guys. We uh, we don't mess around. We could take it. I think that's what uh, what makes us a little excited to do this show. Get back into it, man. What a week! So totally offensive. Pretty solid name. We uh, found it on Twitter. Border Patrol. Shout out to those guys. Sure. Totally offensive. I mean, I, it 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 does go with what we're planning on doing on this show. Uh, we we might have some offensive takes to uh, some of the other shows on air, um, and also what people and the fans want to hear. But we're going to try to give our our honest opinion and our best takes to uh, the topics. Honesty is best policy. Yes, sir. That's what they always say. Shout out to it's International Women's Day. I want to give a shout out to my wife Meg, my two daughters Chloe, Gigi. Happy International Women's Day! You guys are obviously hold the hold the fort down and do everything to to keep us happy. So thank you guys for just being you. Yeah, I would like to uh, give a shout out to my wife Jessica and baby girl Remy. Um, yeah, everything you guys do it doesn't go unnoticed from us, and uh, we you know we we love you guys and. Thanks for letting us get out and uh, spend an hour together and, and do this this show right at bedtime. Marco, you got anyone? I'm just I, I'm I'm just uh, you start you, you got me concerned there for a little bit. You guys went off with the name totally offensive, and then you went right into International Women's Day, and I was like, already week two. What 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 are we doing here? But you guys threw you guys uh, did, did, did threw me a curveball there. Um, no, uh, shout out to my mom, Renee, sister Mia, um, sister-in-law, Nancy, niece, Avalyn, um, any other women in my life that I forgot to mention or anything, uh, shout out to y'all. No, International Women's Day. Um, gotta love, gotta love the women, not only today, but every day. Love and appreciate. That's right. That's right. That's a great point, Marco. Not just today. They should be, uh, celebrated every day because obviously we're not making it through anything without them. So, man. So uh, I'm ha- we're happy, we're thankful to to have the women in our life, and Let, let's let's it. get on the first offensive. Well, I was going to ask, did you guys do d- anything for your wives today, your daughters? I didn't know it was. <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was one of those days until Garrick brought it up, and I was like, oh, we got to give our wives a shout out. I saw out. it on social media. Um, today's a we're going to Florida playing a pickleball tournament this weekend, so today's been a hectic day at the house getting the girls ready. Packing, cleaning, get the dogs ready. There's a lot that goes into trips that uh, yeah, with kids. For when you sure. have kids, it's like you got a million things to do. They're running around. They're throwing the clothes out of the suitcase. You're trying to get everything packed. It's a, uh, it's a, it's definitely a tough task. Yes, it is. Man, how about Travis Kelsey Saturday Night Live? Yeah, I mean, I don't watch Saturday Night Live ever. But I did stay up to watch our guy Kels uh, do his best with what they gave him. Is is all I'm going to say right now. I feel like Saturday Night Live used to be way cooler and like way more popular. Obviously, back in the day when there wasn't social media and wasn't a million clips on every single topic, and they could actually like kind of be creative with what they're doing. But I feel like nowadays 
they can't like they can't be offensive. They can't they can't do a lot of things where a lot of like guys like us would really start dying laughing if we saw some like if they just made fun of somebody or certain situations where they could do some things and I feel like Saturday Night Live is a little weak now, but Trav is obviously multi talented and in everything he does and he obviously did the best he could do with the skits that they gave you him. You know, I think that the skit that should have probably been in it, what, what was the, it? The, the Creed. The, the boy for, with Creed. That I think funny. that might have been the funniest one. That the NFL gives back skit. Yeah, yeah that might have been the funniest one they had going. I mean, Kelsey did a great job. His monologue was great. Uh, he was funny. He was honest, which was really cool to see from mm-hmm. someone that is in his profession and his limelight to be open and honest about that. But it, it, I just... I didn't get a lot of laughs out of the skits. I think they needed to let Kelsey show his personality more. You know, like Coach Reed always says, let your personality show. Yeah. And uh, they did a they did a fair job of that. They just didn't let. They should have had all the boys come in there. Should have brought in like they should have had Jason in a couple more. They should have brought like some of Kelsey's buddies, like just like someone to get him juiced up a little somebody, bit. Yeah, get him juiced up. Like the Saturday Night Live actors and actresses are just. To me, they're kind of cringy. It's not like <laughs> the the one was kind of funny when the girl was crying and like just kept crying because oh the, yeah the water coming uh, out. See of her eyes. that one was uh that one to me was just I only, that, I, I a little only, awkward. Yeah, I only laughed at like the way end when when Kelsey did mm. the crying too. That was yeah when Jason came in there it added it added an element. That's what to I'm it. saying. Like when you have your boys in there, like you could tell Kelsey was about to Travis was about to start crying laughing like because his brothers in there. Things are just more funny when you got people you know because. That's his life. You just relax a little bit more, yeah. and, and you know you, you don't feel like the only one that's going to mess something up on it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, how long do you think Kelsey's playing? And then do you think, obviously, TV is going to be in his future? Uh, do, you, do you think he's setting himself up right now with this podcast and everything going on? Yeah, to jump I, in that earlier than. I mean, I definitely think the podcast is is taken off, and and I think that will continue to grow. Um, I think he could definitely be very similar to Gronk in, in yeah. a couple of funny commercials, you know, maybe a, a flash in there on a, a couple of movies or something as mm-hmm. a, you know, a funny character or something like that. Uh, and honestly, for him playing, shoot, what, what's he at now? Nine? Nine years? No, he's got to be at 10, isn't he? Marco? Is he? Quick Google search will tell me. Yeah. He's got more. I, well, either it's nine or 10 years, and I would say he's probably, I would say he's gonna play for another five six you think five five six years? you don't think so i mean obviously what i've noticed pace, he's but what not I've, slowing down but what i've noticed more is he's, in, he's going into year 10 he's going into year 10 so what i've noticed though if if anyone is really watching the games is they're doing a fairly good job of rotating managing his yeah. his snaps and yeah. not having him out there on every single play mm-hmm. like it was early in his career. Yeah. They are I mean, I know at practice they do the same thing and try to really load manage his um his reps mm-hmm. during the week and then in the games to to try to probably hold off as long as possible on when he wants to hang it up. Yeah, I feel like Noah Gray, Jody, Blake Bell, all those guys did a really good job of like you said, when Kelsey comes out going in, doing their job is he gonna? Are those guys gonna run the routes that Kelsey runs? Obviously not. But they're gonna do exactly what they need to do and put themselves in the right positions to make plays. And I feel like Noah really caught on this year with just making the plays that came to him. I mean, he had what do you have? Probably fifteen catches, twenty catches on the season, which yeah, is a lot no, for the second n- tight end. Noah did great. I think Noah is is well worth the draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is just going to continue to get better. And and what. No other better tight end to, to show the ropes than than Kelsey, and he's athletic enough, I think, to be able to replicate him in yeah. some ways on route running and and way he breaks tackles. He's a pretty good pickleball player. That's uh, he's my partner this weekend, so I've been. So you're hoping he's a pretty good pickleball player. He's decent. So obviously, he didn't play all season. Uh, he was heavy into it because his wife is loves pickleball too. So man, it's a. Uh, he went to Atlanta this past weekend, was in Naples, and I was like, all right, Noah, I, I'm going to set you up with people to make sure you're playing every single day against like some real comp. So he's been grinding. I mean, he's he told me he grinded the last two weeks straight of playing pickleball, so 
we'll see how this weekend goes. Western Mass, I mean, give out the shout out to Massachusetts. You know, there's only a couple of us that made the, the league, and he's one of them. Fake Boston Red Sox fan, Noah Gray, fake Boston Red Sox fan, Anthony Sherman, just completely fake fans. I know, I'm a Royals fan now, man. I live in Kansas City. Come on now. Well, Sherman's all about hopping on the bandwagon. I mean, he is a bandwagon guy. Jumped here to Kansas City. I don't care. I don't care if you didn't have anything to do with it. You still came here. I mean, I didn't. Get, I didn't choose to come here. I I got traded here, and then and then I, I fell in love with the place. You didn't, you, didn't have, you didn't have to sign the contract. Did you sign an extension while you were here? Yeah, we loved How many it here. Times? Why yeah. would? Did you buy a house here? Yeah, bought a house, bought some property. Yeah, I'm here now. I'm not going anywhere. What's your favorite thing about Kansas City? You know, honestly, the the biggest thing, the difference for for us, my wife and I, is the people. Um, you know, East Coast is a little bit different than the West Coast people, and mm-hmm. you can strike up a conversation at a gas station, and you know, a couple months later, you're you're best friends with that person, and you know, it's just one of those things. The hunting's great. In Kansas, you we'll became talk. best friends with somebody you met at a gas station. No, I haven't. But I I'm mean, saying that's what you, you just said. No, I'm saying you could though. That's the type of people in Kansas City. I mean, that's fair. That in this whole Chiefs Kingdom is everyone is so nice that you really could strike up a conversation and then become best friends. Is what I'm saying, guy. I agree. I think uh, Kansas City people are awesome. I think that's the reason I love it so much. Is you never have a bad experience when you're out there meeting somebody or somebody recognizes you. They're super excited and. It's always a good experience for myself, but I thought you were going to say something about like the the Kansas City sunsets because I mean those things are elite every night. I mean they do. I I do have a nice view of my house every night. I mean I look up look up in the sky about six thirty, seven o'clock, buddy. When I'm telling you, you just you look up, you're like, man, I've never seen anything like that. God's great, man. What are you guys drinking in the morning, buddy? Well, I mean I already had I had a. Uh, Three cups of coffee this morning, a little pre-workout Ooh, before three workout. Cups? Yeah, three I got cups a, and pre-workout? Yeah, but, why not? Buddy, I ate a steak. I, I ate a filet at 10 a.m., a little filet and eggs. I had some deer sausage I made t- this morning with some eggs. I had some avocado, too. Oh, that's good, dude. Wow. Speak, speaking of Kansas City, rivals, Raiders, Derek Carr going to the Saints. Yeah, I mean, good for him. You think it's a... D- Good deal for the Saints. What do you? I mean, Raiders let him go at the end of the season. There's some. I think they. I mean, they had that. they had to let him go you after think? after the stunt they pulled at the end of the year. Like either it was him or the organization kicking him out of the building. Like you have to. It is. You tough. had to move on from him. I, I just don't know. Like I heard someone like he had great years in the Raiders. I mean, he was he was a Pro Bowl quarterback for a couple of those years. But, like, wouldn't you think last year he should have had an unbelievable year with Devontae Adams, yeah. uh, Josh Jacobs, Last year was the Renfro. first year McDaniels was there, though, wasn't it? I feel like first-year quarterback. It, it's oh. tough. I mean, uh, yeah, like, I know you – Like how, We didn't have many changes yeah. for coaching and staff. I, I don't think just normal people realize how tough quarterback is in the NFL – and how tough it would be learning a new system and then going to play quarterback in the NFL and then learning another new system. Like Derek Carr's been through, what, four coaches? Yeah, and then it's obviously different philosophies for all of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he didn't he didn't have great success. He didn't wasn't, I would say, he wasn't uh, placed in places or organization that was going to give him great success with just the amount of times they changed staffs, mm-hmm. coaches. Yep philosophies what they wanted from him um but we'll see we'll see how he does in that division, with the saints yeah that division kind of stinks so he did become probably the best quarterback in that division overnight yeah so maybe getting out of the west with pat mahomes herbert yeah you know boys. see how russell wilson does with sean payton yeah he might he, i i would if i'm a i'm a betting guy anyway marco shout yeah. out shout out to marco on the bets ufc we almost hit them all. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But if I'm a betting man, I think uh, I think Derek Carr has a great season. They have a great defense, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won't have to. You know, he won't have to outscore everyone. Right. That's, can, that's the thing. He can kind of play that game that he's somewhat always played was just being consistent. And I feel like last year, it, you almost get to a point where 
you're trying to do too much and play in the AFC West as a quarterback, you almost have to do too much to keep up with the offenses. So yeah, it's like, I mean, you, you have to score at least at least 25 points to, to be in a game mm-hmm. with with yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah. I would say, I mean, Chiefs that's and really, Chargers. Chiefs and Chargers, realistically, are the, the two teams. We'll see how Denver comes out this year with, with new, new uh, control. I, I don't know how that... That guy really got a job last year, but yeah, he it'll did, be especially over EB. I don't like yeah, go back to EB. It's going to be interesting. I'm uh, I'm excited to watch AFC West. Is always good football. There's always good rivalry. So I, I always cheer for good football games. So I'm hoping everybody's somewhat decent. Who's going to be the Raiders quarterback? It's the million dollar question, really. Yeah, you think they they might jump in on the. Did they, did they already say they weren't going to jump in Lamar Jackson? I'll look up. Was there, that there was a couple of teams that I mean came out there and, and s- I know I know Aaron Rodgers' name was hot to start, but now mm-hmm. he's obviously it seems like it's Jets. The Jets are picking up with that. I mean, you put a Rod on the Jets, buddy. That's a Super Bowl contender. That defense, that defense is nasty. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you, I think if honestly you put any decent quarterback or Aaron Rodgers on really any team, they become a threat. Yeah, I mean, I, look what he's done in Green Bay with. I mean, they don't, they didn't really. How, again, another situation where he did phenomenal. But I mean, how many times did you not know a receiver he was throwing to? I mean, if you're a real football guy, you would know what receivers were on the field. But I mean, I you know what receivers nah, they, on the field, but like no, like they got rid of their rookie, their number a, one guy. A, a rookie rookies were the star of the teams. This, yeah, uh, for yeah, the Jets which is awesome year. for them yeah. long term. But like. They, you have a guy that's getting closer to the end of his career. Like you want to probably try to set him up with a they struck, couple more weapons. Yeah, they they did not do a good job of. I feel like after Jordy Nelson and that crew left the Packers receiving core, like I mean, obviously Devontae Adams was always there, but after those guys left, it was like that attitude where Aaron Rodgers became like kind of who he is today started. I feel like, and it just seems like he doesn't want to be there. I I want to see him go somewhere else and kind of have that new energy and. It'll be fun to see him play for the Jets with the New York media covering that guy every week. How insane yeah, that would he'll, be! Yeah, he'll definitely give us enough to talk about. Yeah, the, the it, next couple of weeks for sure. If it's he, gonna he does be, end up going there. It's gonna be very interesting. Who uh, who who made the best signing this week? The Saints or the Giants when it came to quarterback? <clears throat> uh, I see a lot of hate on the Daniel Jones stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like if you can get a quarterback that's like top fifteen. You kind of have to lock them in. Like you see what happens when like teams don't have a quarterback. It's it's night and day. It's, you need a quarterback, but, but like that's the market. Like everybody's going to get thirty five, forty million, no matter kind of who you are. So and all I, you're saying is I had to have been a top fifteen quarterback and I yeah, would have gotten forty five million dollars. Yeah, buddy. I wish I, I mean kept emergency playing. quarterback. I mean I could have <laughs> maybe done it. That's what I'm saying. I mean you look at. I mean, look across the league. There's a lot of quarterbacks making over $30 million, and they are they the best quarterbacks? Are they even top 10? Yeah. No? So back to Marco's question. I, I, I'm going to say the Saints, just a proven right now off of what has been in front of us, mm-hmm. the more the better proven quarterback Disagree. is Derek Carr. How, how are you going to say that? Because Daniel Jones last year, obviously they were one of the most improved teams in the league. You have Kafka, who's there. And that's true. This is his second Daniel Jones' second year with Kafka. You know how good he is as a coach. Dayball is obviously a great offensive mind. You got Saquon back. So you believe in the staff around Jones uh, able to get more out of him, whereas Carr, you know what you're getting. You know you what you're getting with him. He's pretty consistent. Yeah, quarterback and 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 consistency what consistently well, I should say, and great. He yeah, exactly. I mean. Derek Carr, you know where I feel like you know what you're gonna get. I feel like the ceiling is obviously higher for Daniel Jones. He can run the ball, he can throw the ball. I feel like the Giants need to surround him with some weapons. I mean, he's look at those receivers. Those guys, that's a team that needs some, some receivers. They need to spend some money, free agency, and I obviously they tried to with uh, was it Galladay, Kenny Galladay? Is that who oh, they signed? Oh yeah, New York. Yeah, that was. I mean, that can go down as one of the worst free agent signings in a long time. I think he had, what, 40 catches over three years or something like that? Maybe two years? What you're saying is it wasn't good enough? He, I think he signed like a, Mark, what's, what was the contract? Four years, oh. 70 million or something? Yeah, that's, oh, sorry, I was looking up his stats, but I can tell you here how much he made. But he was the hot receiver on the market uh, that year he signed 
in New York after Detroit. Mm-hmm. He made a four year seventy two mil. Wow. I mean, as we're, we're 40 we're, guaranteed. Yeah, and have 40 catches in two seasons. We're, we're talking about the market right now. I mean, what, what do you think with the Frank Clark Frank released? Clark, yeah. and they, I mean, some it was bound to happen. Obviously, you don't want to release a guy like Frank that I think brought that winning culture, winning culture that Super Bowl mentality. Um, him, Honey Badger. I feel like when those two got here specifically – that defensive attitude really changed, and we saw it firsthand in practice when we have no pads on, and Frank Clark is cussing everybody out, cussing out Pat, cussing out Eric Fisher. And oh, it, I remember he it got was in like a Fish, fight. Fish was like scared of him almost. Oh, Fish was a little scared, um, but no, it was uh, Damian Williams. They, oh they, yeah, they, they Damian, got in a yeah. screaming match of like where they grew up, yeah. and I'm like, all right, I'm 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 not in any of this, so I'm going to stay out of it. But <laughs> Where's D-Will from? We all know Clark's from L.A. I, I think he's... F- I feel like D-Will's from, like... I feel like he's from, like, Atlanta or something. I don't, all I know is they, they got in a yelling match on, like, who grew up harder, and I'm like, yep, this is not a conversation that I'm going to be in, so... Yeah, all the boys are just standing on the sideline, like, we're watching these guys go at it, because that was the ones group, so I'm sitting there with the twos, like, you can hear them screaming... And, like, Frank Clark is going off on, like, he's just getting off the ball. And, like, we don't have pads on. So, obviously, they're, he's probably going to win every rep against Fish. And I just remember him screaming at everybody. I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, boys. But that's good, though. He's on our team. That's well, what it, I thought. It was good to see. It was like, man, like, we have – I haven't seen this since I've been here. Like No fire. Yeah, no fire on the defensive side. And those guys, obviously, it sucks that he has to go. I mean, he signed a huge contract when he got here and – it's hard to keep that that number up through your entire season, entire career, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I think what it, really what what it sh- should show the fans is they're going to try to make a play with Chris Jones. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to spend some money, it's and then they don't bring back Orlando Brown, or they don't give him a tag again. And well, that's what's interesting is they have they have. A, and I didn't realize until we sat on here with Steven and Nate how many like free agents we need to sign. Like Wiley, you have our two D tackles, Colin and Nadi are both free agents. Chris is a free agent. Yeah, but I think a free I, agent. I think everyone's a little upset about the Frank situation, but if I think it'd be it's going to be gone if they do sign Chris Jones to an extension and keep him in Chiefs red for the rest of his career, I think that people will forget. The yeah. Frank Clark. I think they. I think they also probably have some faith in some of the younger guys that you know haven't gotten the most op, the, you know the most opportunities on the DN position yeah. to uh, to really go out there and show what they're what they're made of. Yeah. Um, if I'm if I'm Beach, I'm signing Chris Jones. Give him whatever he wants. Put him right up there with Aaron Donald. Maybe a little less. You're gonna have to restructure what Joe Tooney. His contract's crazy. They said his cap hit's like 24 million this year. As a guard, which obviously he's probably the best guard in football, but that's such a huge number for any player, let alone a guard. And then you're gonna—I mean, we have so many draft picks this year where you can get lucky. And what do you? Eleven draft picks? Yeah, yeah, eleven. Eleven, 11 with uh, I want to say three in the top one hundred, five in the top one fifty. You can get—you're definitely gonna get lucky. At least one of those players where somebody's going to be an elite athlete on the edge and that's what you kind of want that's what frank clark was like there was nobody quicker than that guy coming off the ball um down after down and that causes disruption that that's what was so great about him is yeah a team has to prepare you know protection wise for where frank clark is and where chris jones is and 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 being both offensive players you know how much of an impact that can make on the pass game when Mm -hmm. you have to be aware of where that player is or they can disrupt the game. Yeah, that speed on the outside and then that power on the inside with Chris, that's that's what made the Chiefs successful. And obviously they're going to have to go out and, and find another guy like Frank, but um, hopefully hopefully it's in the draft where they can keep that, that number low. Um, I, don't, I can't think of any really free agents that are DNs that are kind of yeah. on Frank's level. No, I don't think so either. Well, we'll check it out after this. We have Dylan McCullough, former Chiefs running back coach, current Notre Dame running back coach. He was a he was a players coach. He was one of mine and Sherm's guys when uh, he was with the Chiefs for his two years. Yep. and uh, just a, a hell of a guy. And we're lo- really looking forward to catching up with him. I actually had pizza with him when I was in South Bend a couple months ago, which was always good to see him. And 
uh, just kind of introduce them to that South Bend tradition. So we'll, we'll catch up with Dylan after this, and uh, here we go. Welcome back to Totally Offensive with Garrick Dieter and myself. We have a very special guest on tonight. He is the running backs coach of Notre Dame, Super Bowl champ, uh, Miami of Ohio rushing record holder. I mean, this guy has done it all. He's coached at USC. Um, he's got a pretty incredible story on uh, with 30 for 30 with ESPN. Coach Dillon. Sure, sure. You forgot yeah. to add in a great father, great person. Uh, yeah, all the above. I mean, I, I couldn't. I didn't want to spend the twenty twenty minutes on his intro. I wanted to get to talking to the guy, Coach Z. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How's uh, South Bend treating you? Ah, uh, Dita, you already know, man. It's it's, it's, um, it's own little slice of paradise <laughs> over here, right? You can't beat South Bend, man. I'll tell you that right now. Beautiful. Is it snowing there no or what? Doubt. A little lake effect? Uh, a little something. They said it, it, it hit us hard last week, and then it's supposed to come back in a couple of days, I heard. I mean, how many spring ball so, practices have you missed already? Um, well, we haven't started yet. We've been doing, like, football school. Oh, okay. So, little, little mat drills? We, um, yeah. And then we jump into um, we got spring break next week, and then after that we roll. They got the uh, they do they involve the coaches with the uh, like the mat drills type deal. Like you go, you go against anybody? Oh, yeah. yeah, I kind of was running. I, I posted some stuff uh, maybe around a couple weeks ago, but yeah, we we do what's called a showcase, and then the coaches jump out there, and usually we'll we'll run a drill, but I jumped in there with the guys, man, and. And Sherm, you know that hip ain't having it, man. But I had to fight through it. <laughs> I was going to ask, how, how's that hip holding up? I know, I know. When you first man. got here, you uh, you tried to show us some drills, and you're like, "Boys, I don't know, I don't know if I still got it, but I'm going to try." Can't do it. Can't do it. Hey, I tried. You I looked, did. I look. I was sharp on the first couple, man. Then I fell. I, I fell off pretty quick. Yeah, I remember that. It, those were uh, yeah. Those were the individuals that really translated <laughs> into football yeah, extremely well. Um, there you go. You know, I was I told a story uh, a couple weeks ago that I got kicked out of one on one pass rush because I was locking the linebackers up, and it was because Yellow. of all all our hand hand punching we yep. did on the bags, and, and when every time we went against <laughs> yeah, you, we man. tried to knock you over. <laughs> Hey, I was showing our guys that when we was doing the thing with the med ball, and I said, look, I said, y'all punch is good, but it ain't good as these dudes. And I still have some pictures of some video on my phone Teach of you just blasting me, man. You and D-Will, man, light me up. Oh, yeah. We just talked about D-Will. You remember that, that yeah. first uh, – well, you, you were here D-Will's first year, right? Oh, yeah. When, that was my first year, yeah. When, when Frank Clark and all those boys were getting into it in, yeah, in like, the man. summer, we were just, we we just, were told just that talking stuff. about that. My boy Frank said, "I'm the new king around here." Like, All right. He, he told he, he told Pat he's the there's a new MVP in town or something like that. That was that, was, <laughs> that guy was one of a kind, man. D. Will, yeah. that, that was a that was a crew. We had an awesome team that year. So many yeah, guys that so many personalities, so many guys that just meshed. We got in and everybody seemed to enjoy each other and coaches coaches too. I mean, that was your first year with the Chiefs. First year, kind of yep. getting the transition how did you enjoy the nfl how how was your experience with it man i'm gonna tell you what i really enjoyed it you know especially coming in where it was a situation of me walking in the door i said look i just want to learn and earn respect mm -hmm. so it was kind of getting that stamp of hey man you you know your skills and your expertise is recognized on the highest level but then just transitioning there and I, I ain't saying this because Sherm on the phone. Sherm, no. Man, I, I leaned on Sherm so much mm -hmm. my whole career there, my whole time there. But definitely that first year, man, he he made it real easy to come in, man, and kind of, you know, just shepherd me into the whole situation, man, with just kind of how we do things around there, how everything flow, and then obviously with the offense, different things like that, man. So I'm eternally grateful to Big Sherm. 
Yeah, that's what we we somewhat talked about that with like Derek Carr, how many coaching changes he's been through. It's people don't realize even when coaches come in and you're in the new situation, you you have to rely on guys that have been there and done that. Otherwise, your whole time there is just kind of going to be learning on how we do things rather than kind of actually coaching. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I think it was it was easy for me to help Coach D. It was he was a, he was a player. 100%. I mean, he, he did it. Like mm-hmm. he he was. Yeah. He understood what we were going through, and I think what makes great coaches are always, in my opinion, always the guys that played the position that they're coaching. Now, I'm not saying guys can't do it, but like D, I mean, we I saw footage of, of Coach dealing at Miami, Ohio. The man was a dog. Yeah, I mean, he he was the guy there, and, and I don't know. Am I right? You got the rushing record, right? I'm I'm second. Somebody broke it like a few years later. Oh come on! Now you ruined the whole thing. You should have just went with it. <laughs> I, I gotta give I gotta give the guy credit, but I will say this, I, and I, I said this even to the guy who broke it. I said, look, in all due respect to him, I said, hey man, I got mine organically. I just got mine in the course of the game. I said, shoot man, a few years later they were beating guys fifty to nothing. He still was in there. They were like, we don't stats. Pan stats. You can't. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's a little bit different right there. <laughs> you can't be pan stats, man. That's uh, that's what I did in high school. Exactly. I got hurt doing it. <laughs> man. Hey, man. Coach, so what, what's, the, the biggest, you, man, what's the biggest challenge you have now with the family and recruiting and stuff? Tell us a little bit about how, how you balance the day-to-day. Well, I mean, it's, it's been cool. I mean, the thing, you know, when I left from the NFL, you know, and Coach Reed kind of knew coming in, I, you know, that I wasn't like, hey, I'm going to be, my plan wasn't to be an NFL lifer. And it, shoot, trust me, ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, shoot, my dad coached running backs in the league for 20 years. But, um, you know, opportunity to come back and, and put myself on the path to become a head coach. A lot of people talked about recruiting, and the recruiting never bothered me. I mean, shoot, I mean, I'm talking to two guys who know how my personality roll. Mm-hmm. It ain't hard for me to be who I am and to project and to like pull guys in with just being genuine. So the recruiting part never, it still isn't an issue for me. You know, um, being here at Notre Dame, you getting a higher think, a higher level of a thinker. So that helps a lot too, man. We got some smart dudes here, mm-hmm. you know, and these guys are really highly motivated. So, you know, coming in with the background I have and with the receipts I'm bringing to the table, it made the transition pretty smooth, you know. And now, man, you just, you know, you're dealing with just the things that come along with being a college coach, the whole, you know, NIL and mm-hmm. transfer portal and all that type of stuff. But we kind of insulated at Notre Dame, man. It's a really, really, really special place. You know, it recruits itself up to a point, you know, and shoot, man. Then you as a coach in Southern University kind of bring, you know, kind of close the deal. I mean, that would have, that was my uh, school when I was coming out of high school that I wanted to go to. Obviously, I was playing running back and linebacker, and I was a little too small for that, but I don't think they got my film. Notre Dame was the school. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, it well, not that old, but like old enough to where, who was you the know, coach? Most, yeah. I don't know who the coach was, but all I know is, it, it was Notre Dame every Saturday on NBC. I mean, it yep. still has it, but like, man, you, you got it every week. I still remember watching games on vacation and at Cape Cod, watching Notre Dame play and, and wanting to be there and, and mm-hmm. play play for that university. Hundred percent. Yeah, man, it's, it's it's slick. You know, man, really, 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 really special place, man. Coach Freeman, the whole crew, man. Um, you know, just. Putting the best, putting the best foot forward, man. Showing the university as as high level as it is, and man, there's pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, winning nine games last year, I don't, I don't get it done here. You know, no, it's yeah. you know, so you look, you look, we, we know we yeah. we hardcore on the drawing board. That you know, we feel really, really comfortable and really confident. You know, with the direction we headed, and we're gonna have a night, a really, really good season this year. How much, how much different is coaching in the NFL versus college? Like, are you teaching different things, or is it kind of all the same technique-wise? Are the learn is learning well, different? No, nah, I mean the thing is here. I mean, I mean you got time constraints. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we, me and Sherman, all like, I mean, I'm talking to two guys who know how it works. I mean, you have a little bit more time that you can spend with guys here. I mean, I'm sending guys like we went through our whole. You know, when I'm going through a script, I'll send 
the picture of it. Right. And I was doing that even at the Chiefs. You know, Ooh, some of those we used to love that during like, training camp. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate. I appreciated that. You get the script. You're feeling good going into practice. Yeah, man. So I want the guys to know. I said, look, any issues we have, we work out in the room. But we on that field, we gonna look, hey, guys gonna know what they're doing. Yep. Even if we whispering it to them, look, we we worked our issues out in the room. Like, hey, by game day, this guy gonna know what he's doing. But practice one, if it's something, hey, we we doing what we need to do to make sure on that tape, the guys are sharp. So similar thing here, you know, send the guys like I, mean, I sent them stuff earlier before I left out of the office. You know, and then you get those group chats going. But I put everything on the, on on them sheets to kind of cover everything, even notes from this morning. Hey, here's some stuff from this morning's football school, whatever it is. You know, man, just to continue to help us get better. So yeah, for the for the people as as, like running the room, it's all the same. For the people that don't know, it it is ex- very difficult to learn plays. With the amount of it's scripted, NFL scripted. Now, what I'm saying is just the amount of plays, and Coach D did a great job of making sure we were ready for any. You know, they, they some coaches, and not even necessarily Coach Reed or any of these guys here, but like some coaches throughout college and the NFL, like try to trick their players, like <laughs> at practice, and like try to get them, like, what are they going to do if we call this wrong or something? Like, well, that'd be the worst if, like, <laughs> I mean, I I can think of a a lot of examples where guys will read the script and then quarterbacks would end up calling a different play because EB or Coach Reed would want to see something different and like guys will go out there and we run the play that's on the script and they, Coach Reed or EB just, man, they, they lose it. They lose everything. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Coach, man. for the people that don't know, you have four boys and three, yep. of, three of them are playing Division One level. Yep, three of them. Two of them and one is about to – he graduates in June and he'll be going to Oklahoma. So, so where, yep. where, where are they all so at? I, so my oldest is at Indiana. Um, he graduates in May. Um, he's still got two years of eligibility, but, man, he's going he gonna to jump into the family business. Man, he's talking about getting into coaching. So um, I ain't going to jinx him right now, but he got a DB job, which was, man, just a super blessing. And, 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 and shoot, we know this, man. It's relationships that got us on this phone right now, yep. uh, on the line right now, and those relationships that opened up this opportunity for him. You know, to hear he is, he about to graduate and have an opportunity to coach DBs on a college level. That's awesome. Um, my other son, I mean, we know, I mean, the son, I mean, he's six five, two thirty five, or whatever. Right now, he's he was a freshman All American at Indiana. He transferred to Oklahoma, and he is killing it up there right now man he's setting it off and then my other son um, who's six two hundred ninety pound db whichever db safety nickel corner he's also going to be um playing ball for oklahoma so he, he come out he graduates in june boomer soon they got a little six-year-old yeah so yeah, i still remember going man. to uh his one of his games and in, in for the fans like <laughs> nfl guys love going to their coaches kids games yeah, and man. supporting them and i remember they ran and it was i think it was against pittsburgh or high yep. school or something like that and yeah. they came up yeah. here to yeah. the deck and they ran a yep. jet sweep yep. and yep. i'm telling you he came out of nowhere <laughs> and decleated this dude and i got so fu- i'm sitting i didn't realize i was sitting on the wrong side of the field and i got so fired up uh we would always text back and forth and and, and find oh, out man. how the boys did and and keep tracks yep. with them they came out to a, a couple of Running backs dinners with us and, and had a good time, but yep. you, you got a great family. Um, I'm excited to watch them down there. I know James is all fired up for them. We had James on last week, and he's all fired up for the new okay. guys coming into Oklahoma. Um, but <laughs> we'll, you know, have to, we'll have to tell Blake Bell too. Uh, yeah, another yeah, Blake Bell. Yeah, yeah, man. We got a lot of Oklahoma. I was down there when, when he moved in. I went down there. Yeah, so I, w- I went down there, and I know the guys down there. I mean, he was getting recruited. When he was before he, uh, well, actually before we left um, Kansas City, you know, he was getting recruited by Venables, and of course Jay Valai, I mean, who was with us at the Chiefs, mm-hmm. you know, he was one of the guys on staff, and he's the um, like the co-defensive coordinator down there. So, again, man, relationships, but those relationships don't mean nothing if you ain't bringing no substance to the table. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so, I hear you. I mean, you know, it was it was, it was easy. 
um, as far as just using those relationships to help the situation. But shoot, now he down there, man. He got to show up, and that's what he's been doing so far. That's awesome. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Coach, what last last I remember, you were going to have a, a a movie done. Is that still in the works? Or what's going on with that? Man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. This whole movie thing just fascinated me because we did around 20 pitches for this movie. Seriously, we no no less than 15 movie pitches to Fox and all these people. And the thing that we've been hearing is like, oh, how we marketed this thing, that thing. So. I mean, that still is in process, but because what happened was the, we were going to do a book off of the movie. Oh, so now okay. we're just reversing it. We're reversing it now. The The book is coming. I oh. mean, the book is is signed and sealed, and, I mean, shoot, that's going to be coming out, you know, you know how books are. Yeah. At least I'm I'm finding out how books are. It'd be a year, yeah, they're, you know, they, whatever it is. They take be, forever. Meg, uh, my but, wife, you know, wrote a little chil- children's book, like, right at the beginning of COVID. And we're like, uh, we should be expecting them any day now. So, like, two, three years. It's like, man, come on. I'm just waiting man. to get the invite to the premiere. I mean, I was I was sitting here yeah, the first, first year you found out all this information. <laughs> if, if For the fans that don't know, uh, Coach Dillon has an incredible story. I mean, it's you couldn't write a better script for his real life. And the man that he's turned out to be, but uh, it's a thirty for thirty ESPN. If uh-huh. if anyone's out there looking for stuff to watch, I, I would highly recommend putting that on and just listening to that whole thing. It's it's pretty cool. And you found that you found yeah, out all that stuff while you were coaching here, didn't you? No, no. It, now the 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 E sixty the E sixty came out mm. when I when I got there. Okay, I have found out about everything. Literally, probably six weeks before I came, I found out right before Thanksgiving, and then I was there in January. So, yeah, I remember hearing, everything was still kind of fresh and in mm-hmm. process. Yeah, I remember hearing time. hearing about that story while you were here, and I'm like, man, like it's almost hard to believe. <laughs> it's like how yeah. how does that happen? How does all these things fall in place? But it's it's a unique story, and obviously the book is going to be phenomenal. And anything after that, any producer, any any uh any network would be lucky to to get a story oh, like that yeah yes yeah, it's, it's it's gonna be strong man and just you know one emmy award off of it. i got emmy award here and everything i mean it's you know and it, it's i mean they cover so many things and and um you know man just touches people in so many ways there's a move there was a movie you know what this came it came out we filmed it while i was in kansas city it didn't come out till November or October 2021. And this something that's pretty cool for people to watch. It's called Show Me the Father. It's like a, a documentary on fatherhood. And it's, it's potent, man. I mean, it's, it's something that it only, you know, it kind of covers all of the type of fathers or whatever, good fathers, bad fathers, not knowing who your father is. So it's something that every everybody can get something out of. And, of course, my story is mixed in there, man. But, shoot, I was like, like Amazon's highest selling when it finally went to dvd it was like you know the yeah. most selling dvd or whatever for a while so i mean it's it's another avenue to people i think it's like on pay-per-view or whatever on demand people can just see it right now because it's all over the place but called show me the father it's pretty doggone good man. I, didn't, I didn't know you got an emmy out of that i i was gonna say uh what, comp- I mean, what? comparing to g lou's sb like what are we what, we weighing on one of these <laughs> what, do you, what do you think g lou would think about that <laughs> Man, ain't no telling. I was texting with Slu around an hour ago, and I told him I was mad at him, man. I've been blowing him up probably like the last two, three weeks, man. I even called him. He ain't answered, but then I texted him tonight just kind of telling him congrats on his next deal, and yep. he, hit, he hit me right back. So Yeah, he's, he's, had, a, is, yeah, he's had a busy a busy month trying to figure out what his next no move doubt. was, and Obviously, he's, no he's such a great coach. Any organization would be lucky to have him, and to, for him to stick with exactly. the with the Ravens. I mean, I, I always said he's one, he's my favorite coach of all time. Just the way he um, one really interacts with his guys. Like Sherm said earlier, when you have a guy that's played the position and so recent, uh, he just knows how to treat his guys and get the most out of them. That's why I always was thankful for him because he got the most out of every single receiver that came through that room and. Nothing but the best for G. Lou with the Ravens. Yeah, man, I'm telling you that, that the thing with, with with G. Lou, 
man that I appreciate it is, I mean, the guy had great patience. Mm-hmm. The man, you know, I like to, I love to talk to him because he he came from a real person's perspective. Yep. You yeah, know, you guys are very similar. I understand. I never, you know what I'm saying? I didn't feel bad talking to him like, man, I may not, hey, I didn't understand this. He didn't feel bad. He was like, oh, shoot, I'd help explain it to you. Sometimes he'd be like, man, look, I'm figuring this stuff out too. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, Sherm can respect, and this is wherever I'm when I came here. I didn't know this offense initially. And I'm like, hey, man, I lean on the guys that's in the room. And those guys respect that because they say, hey, this guy, this coach is coming in. He ain't coming in all high and mighty. I got all the answers. Shoot, he include us in the process. Mm-hmm. Hey, how do we learn? Hey, man, teach me. Help me. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that, what that's what those coaches are great, great, great about. Man. <laughs> that's what those ca- coaches are great about when they come in and and they're not trying to like put their stamp on everything. They're like, hey, you guys made it here. Like, I'm just going to help you with what I can help you with and, and give you the best advice I can give you game plan wise and how how I would see this formation or this run or mm-hmm. anything like that. And and you did a great job of. of giving us those tips and helping us be better football players and, and men. Always makes a huge difference when you can walk into a coach's office and you can just have a conversation with them. It doesn't have to be football. And that's what we always exactly. kind of – we always really appreciate with you, G. Lou, um, E.B., any of those guys was you could walk in and literally just, just talk about life and what's going on. And when you do that, that, that respect forms and, and you really have a good feel for that person, who they are and, and where they came from. So – we want to uh, really just appreciate you for coming on. Uh, I mean, we we are we are lucky to have you, Dylan. You're you're one of the one of the guys that we still talk about to this day. So we appreciate uh, everything you've done and, and wish you nothing but the best, and wish your boys nothing but the best. Man, hey, like I said, as soon as this, first of all, I appreciate that, man. And and like I said, when I, whatever I can do, man, you know, you know, man, Dieter, man, you was. Like a, you, everybody, you probably talk about this when I get off here, but man, I've, I've, I've known you the longest of all these dudes. Mm-hmm. I met you way back in South Bend a long, long, long time ago. Yep. Um, but you know, man, just appreciate y'all guys so much, man. And Sherm, I still talk about you probably at least twice a week, well, just I'm... about how I was like, hey, man, I couldn't have made it. Oh. I could them first, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, yeah. You know, man, I would. I, Sherm was like instrumental. In my transition, you know, and uh, man, just the way the knowledge he had and the way he shared it, man, just kind of helped, you know, bridge the gap and kind of jumpstart me and to get me going, man. Gave me some credibility with the fellas, like, hey, man, listen to this guy. You know what I'm saying? Super Bowl champs, baby. Everything took over from there. That's what we are. Here we go, man. Super Bowl champs. We got it done. Yep. All right, coach. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks for your time. We know you're busy, family man, and, and coaching. Notre Dame, so anyone wants to go see some really good running backs pass protect and run the ball hard, uh, Notre Dame is where it's at. Oh, yeah. We we did some special things this year, man. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, Coach, we appreciate you. We'll uh, We'll be right back after this break. Yeah! Welcome back. Uh, Sherm. UFC, this past Saturday night, I text you day of, see what you're doing. I text Marco day of, see what he's doing. Sherm tells me he's not doing anything. Marco, same thing. I said, oh, why don't you guys come out and uh, watch UFC with me at Chicken and Pickle. Marco, being the kind man he is, shows up, uh, dressed to the T, sits there, sits right next to me. We're having a great night. Four hours, just hanging out with the boys. Sherm? Doesn't even text me back. That's not true. I told you I had basketball all day and I wasn't coming. Yeah, but I said, well, I said, well, buddy, this is not till nine o'clock. Like the kids are sleeping, the wife is sleeping. Like you can't just come hang out with the boys. I said Marco's going to be there, and no I, text I, back. I, honestly, I did get excited when I heard Marco was going to be there. I feel like we we really get obviously along not outside. excited enough. Not excited enough for UFC. I mean, maybe another <laughs> buddy uh, normal evening. Marco, tell him UFC is like. It's legit to watch. Like with your boys, there's nothing. It's... I mean, I'm going to hang out with Marco tomorrow. I'm going to I'm going to go That's down right. to the, the Big Twelve Championship and catch a little Texas and in, in the K State game and bandwagon. And bandwagon <laughs> goes when the top seeds are playing. Bandwagon. Well, no, no, you're the top seed is KU. KU. Yeah, yeah I'm not going KU. to that game. Went, I'm going to the top Kansas seed. State. I know, but I'm saying you went to UConn. Like, how are you not a UConn guy? 
I am, but I'm I'm in Kansas City, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get on one of these teams, and I'm gonna that's my team for right now. UConn kind of stinks, don't they? Well, guy, they're gonna be a, a four or five seed in the tournament. UConn is, yeah. Oh, and they're saying if they get to the Midwest, you best believe I'm gonna go to one of those games. Well, when I was wherever it's at, when I was heavy betting early in the season on college basketball, I was obviously really into it, and then I was too addicted to betting, so I just deleted the apps and just left it alone. And ever since then, I don't think I've even, if it's on TV, like, I don't even throw it on. I'd rather watch kids' kids shows. If you're not a fan of basketball, you can get into this time of year. I mean. I agree. This, 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 this March now Madness, the, the betting, but also just the, the, the way the games. I mean, I saw this this afternoon. Wake Forest won on a three-point shot with point five. Don't talk about that. That lost me money. Oh, see, so I'm, again, I see. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. bet, so I don't care. I just, I mean, point five seconds left, mm-hmm. and, and they win the game. Like, there's nothing better than these college kids going out there and giving everything they got, you know, for four straight days to try to be conference champions and, and win win their thing and get into get into the big dance well i so speaking of losing money marco on saturday night he asked me who to bet on for ufc i'm like all right just just hammer all the favorites like this is the easy easy favorite card and we start off hot two for two me and marco are getting we're feeling good three for three or three for three actually three for three and then we had the the women's fight and uh the champion got choked out bye marco take it away Take it away. I, 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 <laughs> Marco doesn't know anything about UFC, and I, I felt confident, I, I and was, then I just felt bad. I felt real bad because he parlayed, parlayed all the fights, and four for five, man. Ah, man. Yeah, yeah I, I don't even know what that means. So no, it was um, it was Alexa Grasso. She she made history that night. Literally, it was the biggest upset upset of the night, mm-hmm. and it was. May have been the only ups. You know, it definitely was the only upset in that night in the main card. But out of the other underdogs, she was huge. The far huge yeah, underdog, huge underdog. But no, I all I see is um, Alexa Grasso coming out of the cor- coming out coming out to the ring, and I see Mexican Me- Me- Mexican born. I'm like, this guy really had me bet against my own people. So I was just. I don't wow, know. I was Gary. flabbergasted. I, I, see, at that I, point, I knew the parlay was over, and it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I mean, all things uh, you can only. I mean, you can lose one time, but hey, buddy, you you won the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's all right. Well, you know, next week we uh, have some we awesome guests. Awesome, awesome guest and and Coach Barry Rubin, the A minus strength coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, off the the our guy the, Rubes off the grade, possibly McCall, possibly McCall Hardman coming in studio with us. It's gonna be a. Uh, a packed studio. We're going to feel like the Border Patrol. Yeah. I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow morning, but uh, thanks for listening, and uh, come back next week. See you guys. I got my girl bone, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I want to dig out. Hooked it up for later as I hit the dope, thinking.